Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan-funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on-location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers, or retailers, or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simplystogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies Podcast. Thank you for your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today, uh, it's a special episode. It's a bonus episode this month as I sit here at Habano Cigars in Davenport with owner, uh, Freddie Allen. Freddie, welcome to Simply Stogies. Welcome. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. This, this cigar podcast is all about my journey. Uh, and I'm from this area originally and I live about an hour and a half away. And the nearest cigar lounge that I had up until this opened was in Des Moines, which is two hours away, a little more than two hours. So I'm excited. I am, I'm happy. I'm pleased that this place is open. This is fantastic. It's, a, it's an hour and 20 minutes away from me. It's in my backyard. It's where I grew up. So I really want to highlight you guys and find out about your journey. So tell me, how did you get started in the world of cigars? Thank you for being here today. Um, we started originally, I did a lot of things in my life. And then I wanted something cleaner to deal with people on a personal level. So I opened my first cigar lounge in High Park, downtown High Park in Chicago. I bumped to a lot of friends and through my cigar lounges. And they told me to come here to Davenport because they didn't have a cigar lounge. And they're like, you know what? If you could do the same thing you did here, over there, we will support you. So we came, the journey been long, took a year and a half to open the door today. So a year and a half. Wow. That's a, that's a long time. Uh, so for those of you who've listened to Simply Stogies for a while, you'll remember that in May of last year, I think I sat down with Vlada Stoyanov from Castagli Cigars in Chicago. And during that time, I went around and I dropped off my business card at several lounges, and two of the lounges were Habano, Habano Tinley Park, and Habano Homer Glen. 
and everybody there was fantastic. I think it was Momo and Homer Glenn yeah. and, and AJ and AJ in, in Tinley Park. And they were both very nice. They were both very welcoming. Uh, I had a great conversation with Momo that lasted uh, quite a while. More, more. Uh, it, it was a longer conversation than what I have with most people when I go into a cigar lounge, especially, you know, the, the employees. So it was nice to have that. So I was super excited when he told me that this place was going to open up in a year. It took a year and a half. Let's talk about why it took so long. A lot of people, including myself, would assume that it was city government that was holding you back. But we talked no. the other day, and that's not the case. No, no, that's not the case. They actually were very helpful. Helpful, and uh, really, they love the idea of us coming here, especially that I have to drive three hours every time I had to meet with them. So the, um, when we rented the first space, it originally was 18,000 square feet down the street from here, next to the uh, Chicago, uh, next to the Davenport police station. At that time, it took six months to get a plan and approval on the blueprint. In that period, the landlord changed his mind, and we had to look somewhere else. And that's how we end up with this one. By the time we got plan approval, and blueprints and everything ready to go, we had the flood. Which happens. So for those of you who don't know, this is located at 432 East 4th Street in Davenport. Right. It is downtown and it is literally, I could pick up a snowball because it's it's uh, early February right now. Pick up a snowball and throw it into the Mississippi River from your front door. That's right. So, and that happens quite a bit in this area. There's a little bit of flooding, but it, the flooding didn't affect the building. It affected how you could get into the building. Affected first, uh, the second street, third street, and all the construction workers were overwhelmed. Everybody that does handy labor or handyman was busy. They had a lot more than they could handle. So that took a four-month delay of our project because of not able to get to where we needed to. And a lot of the street closer that took effect and it took maybe three, four months. Wow. Yeah. So those factors really that what affected, you know, us opening earlier. So you wanted to open in April of last year. Yeah. And here it is, February of 2020. You wanted to open in April of 19. So you are you behind the eight ball already when it comes to this shop or are you, I mean, you're ready to go. Like, so it's funny. I want to tell the listeners this story real quick. So you announced on Facebook that you were going to have a Super Bowl party, right? That's right. And then you weren't even sure you were going to be able to open for the Super Bowl, but you said you no. were going to tell us about that. Two weeks prior to Super Bowl, we said, you know what? We're ready to open and I'm hopeful that they will approve the space for the final inspection. And then I said, you know what? If we don't get approved, we'll still open the door to everybody that wanted to come on that day. And we'll give them a free cigar. We sit, we smoke, and we watch the game together. And now that'll be like an early opening start to for people to see the inside of the place. Because people been knocking on the door while the construction is going. People been anxious to come in and see what are we doing inside and why it took forever? So we get a lot of calls and people are hitting the Facebook page and saying, hey, when are you going to open? Tomorrow, today, when? We're ready. And 
We're here now. They are here now. Uh, 432 East 4th Street, Davenport, Iowa. Uh, Stone's Throw from uh, the Mississippi River. This place is fantastic. And we talked a little bit about on Sunday. So on Sunday, you and I had a very long conversation. It was a great conversation. Yes, we did. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I was looking forward to coming back today and kind of picking up where we left off. Tell me about your vision, and not just for this place, but for the other lounges that you own in Chicago. Every you have a you have this overall vision, you have this purpose behind it. From my experience, my well, my understanding of a cigar lounge is um, it's all about networking, working with people, creating new friends, meeting new people. At the end of the day, it's about the people. So when you open a cigar lounge. It's not going to be for me and my workers because we're working. So really, it's for my customers. And the customers is the one that is benefiting from the lounge, the experience, and, you know, what we did for them. It goes back and say why people charge for us to sit in a cigar lounge, why people do this and that. It depends on the location. It depends on the rent. It depends on the overall cost of opening a cigar lounge. It's not easy to open a cigar lounge. It's a costly process. A lot of people think that four walls and a couple of chairs make a cigar lounge. Does not make a cigar lounge. What makes a cigar lounge is the workers and the people that run the shop that care for the customers and the customer service experience. At the end of the day, if you could, when you could go anywhere you could smoke in your car, you could smoke in your garage, you could smoke in your barn, you could smoke on the lake, you could smoke in your boat, but you choose to come and spend money with us and sit here. It's the experience, it's the customer service, it's the one-on-one experience that you get versus going anywhere else when you're not at Habana. And that's the why behind it, right? That's the why behind a lounge, any lounge, is it's to bring people together and enjoy the passion of Cigars, whether Absolutely. from from uh, just an enthusiast to an aficionado to the grizzled veteran that knows everything, whether it's ninety percent bullshit or not, right? That's right, ninety percent bullshit and ten percent real deal. That's the truth about cigars. Regardless, we do it every day, you know. And I didn't start in cigars because I was a cigar smoker, like ninety percent of people maybe that started smoking cigars. I started cigars because I just wanted something different and cleaner than what I was doing prior. So I sold cigars, recommended cigars, and sold a lot of cigars in eight years without smoking one single cigar. So you sold cigars. You were in the cigar industry for eight years and you never smoked a cigar. That's right. Since 1999, my first cigar shop. That's, that, that's, it, it's a little funny. Tell us how you started smoking, because now you smoke cigars. That's right. So how did you start? Like, what was the, what's the story behind that? Okay, so basically we go to the trade show, and we were in uh, Vegas. <clears throat> I go to the booth, and I tell him I need a, you know, I need to place an order. And the guy cut the cigar and light it and give it to me, and I told him I don't smoke cigars. So he thought there I was there for free cigars. I'm like, no, I need to place an order. I don't want to smoke the cigar. And I, but I'll give it to my brother. He smokes <laughs> cigars. Smoke him, right. And he's like, you're telling me. He got really offended. He thought maybe I didn't like his cigars and I didn't want to smoke his cigars. So I told him that I don't smoke cigars. He didn't understand it. And if it looked on his face like he wanted to choke me. 
<laughs> so after that trade show, every trade show we went to till today, every booth we stop at, I take their cigar, I throw the cigar in my hand. I take the one they're lighting up for me. I take a couple of buffs and the next ashtray, I throw it away and light up another <laughs> one. So by the time the end of the show, I smoke 40, 50 cigars in one day. But I only take a couple of puffs of each one because you don't want another episode of that because he really was upset. You know, a lot of people take a bride of um, the journey that takes to make a cigar. And I'm one of those people, too, because I made my own cigars. Um, I know how long it takes and to come up with a good blend. And uh, I know how it feel when somebody tells you, well, your cigars are no good. Because of that, now I smoke everybody else's cigars. And uh, now I smoke eight a day almost. Oh, wow. At what point do you stop tasting things? After, uh, uh, for me, I, I think the most I've had in a day is four. Okay. And by the end of that fourth one, I'm like, I can't even taste anything. I can't taste the flavors. I can't taste it's It's just all smoke. You see, I'm not one of those guys that buy a box of cigar and smoke 40 or 50 of the same cigar. Every cigar I smoke. So what I'm smoking today, I haven't smoked for two years. So what I do, I smoke different cigars every day. I don't smoke two of the same. I don't smoke the same cigar within the same month or two. So that will help you to keep your palate. And, you know, that's for me, my personal opinion. But other people, you know, feel different about how yeah. they like their cigars. You know, plus by me being a cigar shop owner, I have to smoke a lot of cigars to make sure that that's the quality that I want to carry before I carry those cigars in my shop. No, absolutely. So you know your stuff. And we talked about this the other day. You definitely know your stuff. Uh, and you. I kind of want to talk about that for just a little bit. So when a customer comes in, I've talked about this before, especially new customers, uh, a new cigar smoker specifically, it can feel very overwhelming when, it come, when they come into a lounge. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't know anything. They just know they want to try a cigar. So how do you approach that? I'll solve their problem easy. I'll just give them a free cigar that I'm going to recommend. And have them sit in a lounge and get the full experience. And if they don't like the cigar, they don't have to pay for it. There you go. That's a good way to kind of break the ice and get them in. We talked about this the other day. There's, there are different people that come into a lounge. Different personalities, different backgrounds, different races, different cultures. The cigar is the, is the great equalizer. It brings everybody together. Even if somebody comes in and they want to sit in the corner by themselves and work on their laptop or whatever... You see, you see them get invited into the group more often than not. Absolutely. It's the place. Um, if, the pla if the lounge is inviting and the people are nice, um, sooner or later, instead of two people or four people sitting in a corner, it turns to a 12 people to 20 people group where now they're trading together. They're going on a fishing trip together. We're going to the Dominican together. Or we're going to Nicaragua together. We become a family, which is um, what's what, that's what great and what makes cigars so great that somebody from Texas and somebody from California meets somebody from New York, and then we, they become best friends. True story, first day I open, two people have met a friend of mine that works for me. His name is Mark in my Tinley shop at two different occasions with a year apart. 
And those two people live in Davenport and they don't know each other. By meeting Mark and Mark told them that we're opening the lounge and so on. They end up being friends. On, they friended each other on Facebook. A year later, they met on the first day on Super Bowl in the shop in person. When we sat down together, those two people, they knew each other's friends, but they never met. And that's what's great about the lounge and the experience and feeling at home. You know, when you're here, you're home. You know, you feel right at home. Everybody is friendly. Everybody likes a conversation with a cigar. Every now and then we got work to do. So we have to sit in a corner and do what we have to do. But in the end of the day, it's all about the people and the conversation. And your business plan really caters to the different types of people that come in, the different types of budgets. Let's talk about that real quick. So you have, you have a membership program, uh, a VIP package, if you will. Then you have different tiers to that. You want to talk about the tiers? The price is really on how many cigars you smoke. So if you smoke one a day, we have a plan for you. If you smoke six a day or eight a day like me, we have a plan for you. Now, if you are not a cigar smoker, which is while the construction are going on, I had a lot of people knock on the door and says, hey, I love what you guys going to do here. I love the vision, the plan. But I'm a real estate agent. I don't smoke cigars, but I love the smell of cigars. Can I be a member? So we created a, a membership for a non-cigar smoker to be here and have a locker here. So when he does have a meeting, he could have it at the cigar lounge at his convenience and he could come in and watch the game even though he's not a cigar smoker. Absolutely, because you've got attorneys, real estate agents, uh, insurance brokers, whoever, that may not smoke cigars, but their clients do. That's right, and they all welcome. Absolutely, so you've got a tier for everyone. Now this shop is huge. You wouldn't think it when I drove by the first couple times. I was like, it doesn't look like it's going to be that big, but you get in here and it's massive. You, you have this broken up. There's really four different areas to the, to the lounge. And that's not including the hallway and the two bathrooms, which by the way, the bathrooms are literally the nicest bathrooms I've ever been in. Very fancy. Thank you. I, I, I love the sink. The sink is amazing. Come in and check it out. If you're in the, in the Davenport area. I want to talk about the smoke shop that you're going to have because the smoke shop, you are going to have hookah. You're going to have you're going to sell cigarettes, and the cigarette smokers are going to be on one side. That's right. And then the cigar smokers are going to be on the other side. So the plan is that we have three entrances to the building. One in the first entrance will be coming soon, and that will be into the VIP room, 24-hour access. Second door walks you through the humidor where you get the, through the cigar experience, you make your purchase, and then you head toward the cigar lounge. Now, through the back door of the cigar lounge, you'll access the bathrooms and your locker and the closet. So basically, you could come in with a nice jacket. You could hang it in the closet. That If you don't want it to smell like cigars at the end of the day, you could hang it in the closet and then go into the cigar lounge. Now, the third door will be for hookah smokers, and you could come in and buy a vape or buy a pack of cigarette or buy a Tylenol for a headache that you have. So we have everything from a milkshake to a smoothie to um, I want to make sure I want to stop real quick. I want to make sure everybody understood that he is serious. We're going to have milkshakes and smoothies here. That's right. The plan is 
we will have a hundred milkshakes. I'll say it again. <laughs> we will. As soon as everything comes together in the next couple of months, we will have a custom made shake for you that you will love and crave. And you will make the drive, even if you live three hours away, a hundred milkshake. We will have a milkshake for you. Now, so you're not from this area. Have you had a Whitey's ice cream yet? A Whitey's milkshake? Not yet. Should probably check out the competition. There are those that love it and there are those that hate it. I, I don't think of them as a competition. Um, in business, people could open cross the street from me. I love the challenge. It's interesting that you say that. In episode 21, which is, it depends on when I put this out. It might come out before or after. So, but in episode 21, I talked to a Stacey Williams, and, uh, who is the owner of Cigars with a Z Lounge in Lincoln, Nebraska, downtown Lincoln. And then on the south side of town, Tony owns uh, Capital Cigar Lounge. And they are good friends. Uh, they were both stationed in Okinawa, uh, but they didn't know each other. Like they probably passed each other, but they didn't know each other. Now, all these years later, they own cigar lounges in Lincoln, but they're friends. There's no competing between the two. Tony will go to that shop and smoke and they'll hang out and have a good time. And Stacy will go to Tony's shop and they'll smoke and they'll hang out and have a good time. You're the same way. You don't you don't see them as the enemy. You see any competition as a challenge. But it's always a friendly challenge. Absolutely. You know what? Um, I don't go to other people's cigar shop, but I will make the time in the next couple of months to go to those two shops and shake the owner's hands because I love what they're doing. And I wish everybody will do the same because at the end of the day, the business to the side, it's about the customers, about the friendship and the relationship that you built throughout the years with meeting new people. And in the end of the day, that's why they opened the shop. I'm hope, but <laughs> right? we're not, we don't all feel like that. So at the end of the day, I'll say those two are great example for cigars. You know, a friendship regardless of the business and putting them and the people first and their customers. So what else more great than that? I will drive, make the drive and go buy a cigar like from six them. hours. It's like six hours that way. You know what? We'll go together. I'll go with you. Absolutely. That'll be hey, fun. That'll be a good it'll time. It'll be a free cigar on me. How's that? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, so you've been in the cigar business for a while now. And you, like we talked about, you own four different shops in Chicago. You want to name the shops again real quick? We have um, Habano on, on, the, uh, on Lehigh in Chicago. And we have Habano in Homer Glen, Habano in Tinley Park, and our baby, our original, uh, which is High Park Cigar. The name never going to change um, <laughs> because of we're in High Park, downtown High Park, and that was our first cigar shop. So you've got four different cigar shops. This is the fifth. Out of all of the cigar shops that you own for as long as you've been in the business, what is the craziest, most insane thing you've ever seen happen in one of your lounges? Oh, I mean, there's so many stories. Uh, nothing could come to mind this minute. But I will tell you, when somebody opened a door and they find themselves in the humidor, as soon as they open the door, a lot of people are surprised, which is what Davenport and High Park is. A lot of people's like, are you serious? Can you do that? I was a little shocked by that. That's right. And uh, we could do that because of the system that we have and the knowledge of cigars, and we know how to keep them fresh. You will never get a bad cigar from us. 
What is, in your opinion, you have four shops, you've opened, this is now the fifth shop, you've opened five different shops, you've been in the business forever. What is, in your opinion, the biggest hurdle to opening your own cigar shop and lounge? Not finding the right help. <laughs> well, as someone who worked retail uh, management for 20 years, I understand exactly what you mean by that. And it's not just your employees you're talking about, but contractors and, and, and those that really make the business come together beforehand. Absolutely. It's a challenge. It's a challenge with uh, contractors. Uh, it's always a challenge. Nobody wants to do what they're supposed <laughs> to do. Or as fast as I want them to do it. Right. Okay. Because originally the plan was to open the shop within four to five months. And that was out the door. You know, so, but finding the right help, I mean, is regardless of the construction. And once you open a door, really finding the right help because you're not a gas station and you're not a grocery store. You just don't hire a cashier. Right. So anybody could ring up a cigar, but not anybody could recommend a cigar. Or understand the time and the effort that takes to that you that person need to take to read up and stay up to date on all cigar information and how to keep the cigars fresh and how to maintain a humidor and a cigar lounge to where the customer experience is always going to be great. If somebody came to you and said, "Freddie, I want to open a cigar shop." What is the number one piece of advice you would give them? The same thing I would give. I have given already the same advice to over 10 people that open their own shops. I'll tell you like this. If you're willing to work 16 hours a day, if you're willing to work hard, you as that person, the owner, willing to be in the shop, yes, open the door and you will do great as long as you put the customers first. Now, if you think the workers or a manager is going to run your shop, I'm sorry, you said, let me stake and you throw in your money. Might as well give it to me. <laughs> Just give it to me right now because you're throwing it away. Because you do. You have to have a passion for this and you have to be invested in the business, in the people, in the cigars. It's not something that you can just say, hey, I'm going to open a cigar shop and I'll just hire somebody to run it. There's a lot of cigar smokers that do that. Great for them if it works. But if you have money to burn, God with you. There you go. What was the first cigar for you, Freddie? What was the very first cigar that you went, this is really good, I'm going to keep smoking? Do you remember? Because I know we've talked, we, we talked earlier that you said you didn't smoke and you would go to the shop or the show and you'd take a couple of puffs and put it down. What was the first cigar that you went, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start smoking cigars. This is really good. To be honest with you, it wasn't a cigar in particular. It was that it's going to be a part of my everyday job. So at that moment, to be honest, to see the man's face and to see the passion he had for his cigars, I give him a lot of respect. So from that day on, I paid more attention to cigars and I paid more attention to the customers because this man's hard work it's not going to go unnoticed. No, absolutely. What do you want to tell the people? You have this opportunity to tell people about Habano. We've talked about the why. We've, we, it's obvious you are passionate about this. Let's talk about this shop. 
we're sitting in the cigar lounge area right now. There are one, two, three, four TVs, one on each wall, huge TVs. You have uh, great chairs for everybody to sit down. You've got tables, uh, ashtrays, coffee, whatnot. But I like the booths. You have two booths in here, and you have a couple in the in the uh, other uh, smoking area, in the cigarette and hookah area. They're giving people some privacy that you don't normally see in a cigar lounge. Right. Basically, where we created um, in the lounge, I mean, everybody could see each other. At the same time, if you were if you came in with a group of people and you wanted to have a privacy, you could still have that while you still sit in with a group of people or you still are in the same lounge. But it gives you a sense of privacy. On top of that, that we're... When you have a group of people and you're having a conversation or you're making a deal, whatever the conversation is about. So we have the TVs on, on mute 90% of the time. We have soft music playing in the background. So it overmasks the conversation. So not everybody's listening to what the conversation is about. So that's brilliant. So I love your vision here. I love what you guys have planned. I love what you guys are rolling out. It's fantastic. I can't wait to see more. Uh, head on down, 432 East 4th Street, Davenport, Iowa. Is that right? Is it? That's right. Oh, yeah, East 4th Street. Stone's Throw. I mean, if you're from the area, Arsenal Bridge, like it's right, right there. Right on the exit of Arsenal Bridge. We're right here. Come in. Tell Freddie you heard about us uh, or heard about him on Simply Stogie's uh, podcast. I'm going to hang out. Today's my birthday. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to have a couple of cigars and let you guys do whatever. And if I get an opportunity to talk with you throughout the day, I'm really looking forward to it. Real quick, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the PCA. And you had Drew Estate and Davidoff, Altadis, and General Cigar pull out of the PCA trade show. I think that was a great move. Okay. To be honest with you, because the timing, for a long time, we had conversation about the timing of the show so they actually took a stand which is great that's all i'm going to say about that okay no that's that's perfect i I always i always feel like when you're dealing with the pca they 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 always say that they're for the retailers right but then when you hear retailers talk about it the trade show is oh it's always going downhill it's always going downhill it's always going down it wasn't as good as it was last year it wasn't as good as it was last year it wasn't as good as it was last year and then it doesn't seem like the PCA is listening. Uh, and as a member of the PCA, I kind of wish that they would listen to you guys because I'm just a media guy. That's all I am. I just want I want to go. I want to talk to everybody in the industry. I want to I want to bring the people uh, a little bit closer, those that can't go a little bit closer to it and get the information out as fast as I can. So it, it's interesting to see retailers because you're not the first retailer that has said something similar. It used to be a time of the year that everybody was looking forward to. To go there, see what new cigars out there, what new product, what new boutique cigar is going to be there. Whatever your interest in cigars is going to be there. But the timing. It's just not the best time for retailers. No. It's- no. And we talked about this a little bit on site. It just doesn't give retailers enough time to prepare and to, to sell all the new stuff that's coming out. That's another problem for the consumer. When you're in four months rolling all the new cigars for the year, that does not give the consumer enough time to buy and try all these new cigars and really pay attention to what's out there. Yeah. So what happened is whatever that cigar lounge that he go to carries 
10 brands or 30 brands of the new stuff and the other two, 300 doesn't, it's going to go unnoticed because of the crunch time. And to be honest with you, nobody has the room. Right. We all ran out of room a long time ago for <laughs> right. new cigars. So it's going to become an elimination of who are you going to carry? Yeah, you have to pick and choose who you're going to carry. And a lot of that is dependent on your clientele and what their tastes are. Absolutely. So it's important for you to get to know your clientele and know kind of which way the area, uh, so to speak, kind of skews as far as what tastes and flavors they enjoy. Right, that's right. So that's why we have left enough space um, here in our humidor because of that. Like we're new here. We don't know a lot of people. So we don't know what the taste buzz is going to be. Uh, what their cigar profile are and what brands they like and dislike. So what we did, we have a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. Like you've got a huge selection in there. I mean, you're saying that you've left room, but you still have a huge selection in there. Anything from uh, Arturo Fuente, Opus X, uh, even Davidoff to M Macanudo, Alec Bradley, Cohiba, uh, Crowned Heads, uh, My Father, Am I leaving anything out? There's a ton in there. There's ton cigars, Bedrones, everything from Liga Bravada to a sweet cigar. We cater to everybody. And Habano has a great relationship with Drew Estate. We do. And you have uh, your own uh, Habano exclusive with Drew Estate called the Pork Belly. That's right. So the Pork Belly, is a, it, it's a private blend, right? It's a legal blend, but it's in a size specifically for Habano. It's only available in Habano lounges. That's right. Okay. For you to buy it, you have to visit one of our shops. Right. It's the only place to get it. That's right. And I've got a couple. They're fantastic. I love them. Let's talk a little bit about your relationship with Drew Estate because you have a very interesting relationship with Drew Estate. How it came about is an amazing story, and I think everybody should hear it because it's hilarious. It is. Um, first show for us in Vegas. We're walking in. Two kids, me and my brother, Mike. We're walking in and um, we're like two kids in the candy store. <laughs> so we're like the two youngest kids rocking around like we lost our father and we're looking for him. So everybody's <laughs> staring at us like, where's your father? So we walk around. Nobody will take our order. Nobody will um, place our order. The only company that really took care of us at that time was Philip and King Cigars, uh, their um, nationwide uh, wholesaler. Sure. And we had a good friend that worked for them, and we had a good relationship with them for a long time, and we're still best friends. So when we came to the show, we walked in, and Jonathan Drew in the, in the booth, uh, we didn't know who he was or any of those people are. So we shook his hand. We're like, hey, you know, we're from Chicago and we need to buy your cigars we already carry some of your cigars so Jonathan Drew get up shook our hands you know he says hello he walks with us in the booth trying to show us the, the, the brands and sizes and he grabs a clipboard so kid you not the whole booth came to a dead silent there was not one single <laughs> noise in the booth. And if you've been to the show and you know Drew State, this booth is always crazy. It's always popping. So everybody's looking at Jonathan. We didn't know what's going on. We didn't find out till a year or two years later when Jonathan told the story again. So Jonathan Drew didn't know where anything was on the, on the <laughs> order form. And he never took an order. 
So he walked with us and then he looked around and then somebody came in to save the day. And they're like, we'll do the walkthrough with you and, we'll, uh, and they'll start writing down what we wanted on the order form. Until this day, every time we meet, we laugh about it. And the people that seen it, they didn't believe that was like first time for Jonathan that. And that since then, we become friends. We're actually um, uh, best friends. And we had a good relationship. And that from that day till today, he's one of the people that really inspire me in cigars. And uh, he always been a mentor and helped me and my brother and everything we did and every chance he get to help us he always came through even when he was on crutches in a show he made time to sit with us as much as he was in pain he made the time made the appointment and we sat down we talked about what's going on and what plans we have for the new store and so far and so on and he's one of the greatest i think in my opinion the best owner and the best cigar sales rep or manufacturer he has so many titles um <laughs> so you know we have a lot of love for him that's an awesome story and you you were telling me the other day that he tells that story all the time because it's the first time he ever got up and tried to take an order and the people in the booth were like, what, what is going on? That's right. He actually invited us out to eat that day. And that was our first uh, cigar dinner, per se. And it was great. A great experience. Amazing uh, experience. And then when he came to Chicago, he had so much fun. And we went to eat. We had a great time. And since then, we've been for best friends. That's awesome. It's such a great story. And it kind of highlights... Uh, the cigar community uh, in general, what it should be and, and what you strive to make it with your lounges and, and what the vision you have and the why behind it. It's all about community. Absolutely. And, and I like that a lot. Uh, so uh, 432 uh, East 4th Street, Davenport, Iowa. If you're in uh, the area, if you're driving through, like this is it. This is the only cigar lounge uh, within two two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, so this is come Come by, say hi. Uh, when you come in, tell them you heard about heard about them on Simply Stogies. And when you walk in the door, you get 10% off right off the bat. Just mentioned Simply Stogies, 10% off. Freddie Allen, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I know you were a busy guy getting this all together. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for coming up. I don't know what I'll be talking about next time, but I can promise you it will be Simply Stogies. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.